You're listening to the Go For Growth Podcast with Doug Hall. Hi, I'm Doug Hall, and I'm your host for the Go For Growth Podcast. And today, I have a special guest, Joseph Hagar, the CFO of McKinstry, which is a, uh, an institution in, uh, in the greater Seattle area. And I'm really excited to have him. I'm looking forward to uh, learning about how growth is defined there and, and growth from his perspective. So, uh, Joseph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I uh, appreciate you uh, including me in this opportunity to have a conversation about McKinstry. I always look forward to that. Um, you know, McKinstry well, first, has been help. here for many years. Yeah, give us that so background. Good. Good. Um, so, so tell us where, where you guys operate. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. McKinstry started in 1960 here in the uh, Future Sound area, actually over in Bellevue and the, the building is still in Old Town Bellevue, but as we grew and expanded, we moved over to the Seattle side and Seattle and the, the Puget Sound region was our, our focus as a uh, mechanical uh, contractor in, in the plumbing business. And we decided that there was real opportunity to expand that and, and help our customers in bigger ways and help uh, design the, or create the design build the philosophy in the construction industry and and that kind of led us to get into taking ownership of the construction process from the engineering through the construction and delivery for our customers because we really believed in guaranteed outcomes and and that was something that still is very much ingrained in who we are today so we've been around for nearly 60 years um, while we took that expertise from what we learned on the mechanical side and have significantly expanded it beyond just the Puget Sound region. Our construction teams are focused in the Seattle, uh, Portland, Spokane areas. Our energy and sustainability services are nationwide. So we have offices in about 40 different states and with major hubs in Denver and Madison and and Dallas. And, And so we've been able to really grow east with what we believe is an opportunity in the, the uh, energy efficiency area is we feel that half the energy used in the built environment is wasted and we have an opportunity to remove that and improve the, the planet in which we all live on. So we've been pretty excited about that that growth in recent years. Very cool. So given your footprint here in the Northwest and then your 40 offices, how many people work for McKinstry? Kinstry has about uh, 2,500 folks who, who work for us. We have about a, a thousand staff members, uh, engineers and project managers and construction managers. Plus, we have about 1,500 union partners that we work with uh, through 30 plus different uh, union arrangements and plumbers and pipe fitters and sheet metal electricians and data and fire protection. To, to name a few, and, and we're really fortunate to have uh, great relationships with our, our union members here in the, the Pacific Northwest to help us uh, build the beautiful buildings that we get to build here. So it's uh, a lot of people we get to, to serve, and we're, we're excited yep. about that. So help us break that down. What I'm thinking big buildings is what you work on, right? On, on our construction side. We we do work on uh, larger buildings. Uh, Expedia campus uh, in the Interbay area is one of the projects we're working on currently. Uh, the Microsoft refresh on their their campus. We work closely with them quite a bit. Uh, we'll we'll do a number of the towers downtown with, with Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. So we we do large projects, but um, we have a service team that if you are cold, hot, or uh, uncomfortable, we can come out and help you. And we have. 
a few hundred service vans that can come out and service you uh, uh, at your whim and, and at your need. So um, we, we kind of cross all uh, layers of the, the construction side. Awesome. So it's mechanical systems. So how do you define that? What systems in a building do you guys touch? You know, when we think about, uh, and that's our construction side, um, and on our mechanical systems, it's really keeping you uh, comfortable in the, the built environment, making sure that you feel that uh, you can be productive and, and it's not too hot, too cold. We make sure you keep fresh air in the, the building, so it's really the heating and cooling aspects of the building. But we do more than that. Uh, we also have an electrical part of our, our organization, and uh, we also do data and distributed antenna systems, DAS, for wireless infrastructures, fire protection. So on the construction side, we do a number of different trades. So that's a big part of who we are and who we're known for. But really, on our professional services side and our engineering side, we do a lot of uh, designing energy efficiency systems, and we work with large institutions like the University of Utah and you know the Denver International Airport, and we do larger clients nationwide that help them remove waste from the, their energy infrastructure and their their buildings. Um, we had a, a client in the, the Colorado area. We were working with a, a smaller school system where. They previously used to uh, heat their, their buildings using coal. Through our engineered process, we were able to come in and help them use the, the ground around them, ground source heating to heat and cool their buildings and remove the, the waste uh, and the, the dust and the, the carbon footprint that came with the coal and move them to a real natural environment to heat and cool their buildings. So, we were much more than just a mechanical system, Doug, and, yeah. and that's what's uh, exciting about what we do. Good. That sounds like uh, uh, touching very much on a growth uh, angle for McKinstry. So we'll we'll circle back around to that growth element. I'm curious, though, Joseph, how did you get involved with McKinstry? What's your background? I mean, how'd you get going down this road? And and what? Explain a little bit about your role there now. You bet. Um, my connection with McKinstry uh, coming up on 19, 20 years now. I've been very fortunate to, to see a lot of the, the big growth uh, during that time frame. And uh, prior to coming to McKinstry, I am born and raised in the Puget Sound area and, and been able to, to see the ups and downs of our community. And uh, I'm a, an alumni of Seattle University and being Part of that uh, community really put a strong emphasis towards, you know, a purposeful, driven career. And, and so as I ventured on after Seattle University, I was fortunate enough to work with Deloitte & Touche and uh, one of the, the top uh, public accounting firms and working in a variety of industries and banking and insurance and construction and coal mines and uh, to, to name a few. But it is kind of interesting that uh, Deloitte really gave me that broad experience to see a lot of different things. And so after working there for a handful of years, I moved on to a smaller construction company, and then which led on to a few different industries because I wanted to get that broader experience, make sure I really uh, developed my skill set to help me be a, a good leader and be able to help also grow companies and have those experiences that would help me with that and moved into high tech and apparel and a few others. And then there was an opportunity to come and be a part of the, the McKinstry 
family and, and uh, at a time where they were looking to, to grow quite a bit. And so I was fortunate to, to join here. And when I joined, we were about 80, 90 million in, in revenue. And today we're about 700 million and moved into all these different states. And so it's been quite a um, fast paced uh, expansion to, to say the least, you know, moving from this uh, regional uh, company here in Seattle and Portland at the time to the footprint we have today has been quite a journey. And sometimes those reins of that horse go a lot faster than you're prepared to. So it's been fun. Oh, yeah. So you just, uh, I didn't realize it was quite that much growth in your 20 years. That's amazing. So you've been involved in 10xing the business more or less uh, since you've been there. And that's a huge change. So what what's the biggest takeaway that's in your mind from 20 years, 10xing McKinstry, what what are the one or two big things that stick out in your mind? You know, there, the, when you look at that kind of growth, uh, there's a, a few different things that come into play. Uh, first and foremost is making sure you have the right people and, and looking for and, and growing and developing uh, folks to help you go achieve that is critically important. And we really, as a culture, focus on our people and making sure they have the development paths and opportunities here at McKinstry. And and the key thing there is really giving them experiences and, and making sure that they have a diversity of experiences. And, and that's really helped as we started growing to be able to take on new things because we're used to, to that that change. And so finding those those uh, you know key talented people and and, and we use, I use kind of a, a philosophy that Patrick Lencioni really highlights about high performing teams and really focusing on humble, hungry, and smart and, and how that plays into finding that right talent. And so that played a, a big role in how we grow. But also as we started to grow as a small company, so much of it is culture that drives how things get done and how things are, are executed. And that needs to change when you go through that growth, where you need to build a little bit more of underlying systems to make sure there's a framework in place that then you can take that next step. Um, it, it's tough to always hand down uh, through uh, culture of how we should do things when you go from know, 100 staff members to 1,000 staff members, you, you really have to give them the guidance and the frameworks to really understand what it means to, to grow because there is an entrepreneurial spirit that can be fostered, which is has a, a great strength to it when you're growing. But uh, when everybody's doing something different, you have less uh, predictable outcomes. And, and so having those systems and those people play a huge role in our, our growth. Do, do, do you tie culture to systems and systems to culture did you see that happen at mckinstry yes our, our culture is, is really critical to who we are and as we grew we wanted to make sure we fostered that culture around who we are which really puts that focus on our people our customers and our communities and as we you know have bigger footprints in denver and dallas and madison and we wanted to make sure those uh, offices had similar approaches. Uh, can't ever be the same. We're all a little different. And, and so making sure that they could develop their cultures, but stayed true to the values and who we are as an organization and really make sure we, we talk about our values and how they play a role within um, how we serve our, our customers and our communities. Good. Just on that point, have you been able to, and I don't want to make it sound cold, but have you been able to systemize building culture now that you're a 
kind of a big company. You know, um, there's, I don't know about systemize, but it is something we really make sure to, to talk about on a regular basis. Um, you know, we really talk about the importance of making decisions around our core values and how that plays a role in who we are. So when we make decisions around benefits and how we want to support our people, you know, the first question we ask is not how much is it saving us or how much is it costing us, but, you know, how does that impact our people? And and that's a, a lens of kind of who we are and, and, and from a leadership standpoint to, you know, the folks that are on the front line making sure things are getting done, you know, making sure we continue to uh, incorporate that in who we are. And do we incorporate our values into our performance reviews and how we have our quarterly conversations and all those other pieces? There, there is a lot that, that comes into that because we do want to make sure that people understand who we are. And, and so in a way, to your question, there is a little bit of a, a system, creating a system of that throughout the whole organization. Yeah, so it sounds like you're thoughtful from leadership team on down and you bake culture and talk culture and make decisions based on what's right for people because people first is one of your core values, I can imagine. Very much so. Awesome. And, and so, our, our people are so critical to our success. Yep. So you mentioned Patrick Lencioni before. I'm a big fan of his work, too. So I, I hear words and threads of you guys kind of adopting some of his methods and tools. Am I correct? That is very true. Um, you know, the, the five dysfunctions of a team or the advantage programs are a couple of things that we incorporate into our development. Um, I'd mention the high-performing teammates and the, the humble, yep. hungry, smart aspects of it. Yep. You know, the, those all play into um, how we, you know, lead and how we kind of execute and how we, we support our, our, our folks. Uh, it's sometimes, you know, we at our heart are, uh, you know, an engineering firm. And when you have known approaches to help your company grow, you, you really want to uh, take advantage of those researched approaches. And, and Patrick has sure. such a great history and uh, success, uh, what, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the, the work that he's done and the, the uh, proof is in the pudding, which he's delivered a lot of great success for companies. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in adopting proven operating systems and Lencioni's work is to me, one of the foundational cornerstones that we should all look at. So thank you for emphasizing that. So as, um, as you guys sort of look at the world around you and you're now, you know, driving towards a billion dollars revenue, what are, what's the biggest challenge facing McKinstry? And again, from the growth context, either external growth in the market or internal growth to, to facilitate yourself, what, what comes to mind there? You know, you mentioned that billion dollar uh, um, revenue reference point, and, and that was something our CEO, Dean Allen, had mentioned probably a decade ago is uh, think about what a billion dollars would do um, and how does that change us and how do we prepare for it and uh, start building that framework in, in place early to uh, pursue that. And, and it, uh, early on, I think we didn't really totally um, understand really what he was trying to encourage us to, to do around building systems. And sometimes I, I think we chased uh, revenues to try to achieve the goal versus let's make sure the, the 
foundation is in place to, to go do that successfully. And so we've had a few times where we've chased revenues maybe a little too much, but um, you know, we've slowed down to make sure we have the right systems in place, the right people in place. And, and you know, that, that's probably the, the biggest challenge for us today is uh, making sure we are attracting and retaining uh, key talent. And, and that's really probably the biggest inhibitor to, to our growth. And so as we think about uh, that challenge that, that faces us, uh, we are looking towards 2035 and what are those things that we need to do today to make sure to set us up for that? And how do we uh, develop our people to um, be able to be uh, constant learners and be evolving as the world around us consistently changes? and and, and making sure that as we bring people into this complex system of McKinstry, you know, we have 50 different business units, as I mentioned, in 40 different states and 2,500 people and a variety of product lines that we, we work on. And having somebody step into this and um, find success right away, it takes time to get comfortable with it, to understand all the different pieces. But some of the things that we're doing is we have immersion programs where we bring people in and and earlier in their their careers you know uh, many times right out of college and, and have them come in and, and work in the operation side and work in the sales side and work in the engineering side and work in the estimating side and and they work in all different parts of our business so they get that exposure to all the things that are possible before they they really find a, a passion in a particular area so we really spend a lot of time developing and growing our um, uh, young uh, and early professional talent to, to make sure that as we grow, we have these leaders that are emerging through that. And and that's been mm. something that's been a big part of how we've been able to grow is, is that uh, development of mm. our people. Awesome. So when I talk with CEOs and leaders, I, I kind of distinguish between external growth and internal growth. And you just brought up talent acquisition, talent development. Think back to when you were in organizations, maybe before McKinstry, where you had kind of cracked through the 100 employee barrier and then the 250 employees and then the 500 employees. What internal growth systems or methods made the most difference when you passed those different levels of employee complexity? Um, you know, there's, there's uh... A lot of uh, different answers to that. Uh, a few of them in, in my time here that really stood out, you know, and it was, uh, gosh, probably, I want to say about 10 years ago that we really started looking at how do we um, understand our succession and building a succession framework that as okay. we have leaders that will retire or move on or go to Maui, as I like to say, uh, Making sure that we are developing the the next level of talent and the, the making sure that we're, we're deeper in that. And so and it's a model that uh, we have seen other businesses use. And, and so as we started seeing gaps, how do we then uh, recruit and pursue talent and that we can fill in those gaps or create development plans to um, upskill or, or help people pursue their their goals and and so that played i think a role in making sure we have the right people set up for longer term legacy success and and that's mm-hmm. played a, a big approach from um changing our mindset uh when we get to 
as I'd mentioned earlier on that hundred person to a thousand, um, you know, we added a lot of people, but one area that we really struggled in was uh, management and leadership. And so we really had to build out our training and development programs specifically around that because we just didn't have the the strength and depth in in that leadership and and management part of our, our business. So we were, quick to grow people um, or add people, but not quick to make sure that they were led uh, with uh, people who had the skills to, to lead people. And, and that's something that they, we've really focused in on. And and as part of that, you know, when we look at, there's a variety of internal management programs we do and help our, our folks, uh, you know, grow in different ways, but certainly the the individual development is a big part of that. And and I've always looked at it as kind of a, a three layered cake. And you know, there is that technical aspect around the development where people need to get their you know core skills. I'm I'm a CPA, so around GAP or tax or payroll, there's that core uh, development area that you want to maintain your technical abilities. But there's a couple other layers, and that next layer up is around that personal development, and how do we make sure that your personal growth and journey is also factored in? And when you you look at helping people in their, their careers, you know, we'll um, sit down and talk about where they want to go. Do they want to be a CFO or a CEO or a COO someday? And or if they're at an early level, you know, hey, they want to be a manager or a supervisor. What does that job description look like? What are those underlying experiences they need to have to be able to pursue that role and then creating those opportunities for them. So then they have firsthand experiences in it and uh, making sure they're mentored and connecting with more senior people. And and so that personal growth is a real important part of it. And then that, that third layer is really around how we communicate and connect with each other, bring compassion and empathy and Making sure that we uh, come into situations knowing ourselves and, and knowing others around us and really leveraging uh, emotional intelligence and in how we work with each other. And it's been, you know, that holistic approach in, in developing folks that has played such a critical role in supporting our growth over the years. Yeah, I really like your three-layer model on individual development underneath the management and leadership. So it prompts me to ask you, what best practices have served you at McKinstry and your your whole executive team as you focused on management leadership and sort of attacked it and systemized it? What tips and tools can you recommend? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners are going to be on the growth curve, building their first leadership team or, or going from, you know, management team to a leadership team and building a second or third level of management. So what it, what's helped you guys? I mean, you're well down the road, but Still, there's some lessons you learned along the way. Oh, very much so. And um, we, there's a lot of lessons. Um, I, I think we've got a few bruises along the way of not always uh, making the right turn, but uh, I think it's through that that you yep. learn uh, the most is when you get outside of uh, your comfort zone and you try things and you push things. And, and that's one thing our, our uh, CEO, Dean Allen, and always encouraged us to do is to take chances um, and, and try things new and, and push ourselves a little bit in, in areas that we might not uh, do otherwise and, and be always uh, learning and, and seeking new ways of doing things. And, and I think that's played uh, a lot into as we've developed this is 
you know, we've uh, struggled at times, but then as things came together, it worked really well. Um, so when we look at how we have done that, um, you know, one other aspect that really has stood out is the importance of how you build teams and making sure how teams are high performing because you can't have a salesperson selling one thing and then handing it off to an estimator who doesn't trust the the salesperson and what they sold and then the estimators you know handing it off to the engineer who doesn't trust the how it was estimated who then the engineer builds something else and and, and that that's that framework of trust and high performing teams and how we work together is so critical in the success of the, the the organization and you know i've have some new leaders that are stepping into leadership roles and i always find it interesting you know certainly as a cfo the first thing they want to ask is they want to know about all the financial metrics and what about this kpi and what about that and, and we really try to encourage them to think about how do they build that that team that really trusts each other that's transparent with each other that really has a, a strong belief in each other and if that team focus will be reflected in the, the outcomes and the results that they see. And then we can start working on what do we want to achieve goals-wise and ambitions-wise. And, and so, but it's got to start at that solid foundation of that team that really trusts and believes in each other. Yeah, that's super important. And I think to the listeners, you're hearing a CFO you know, qualified CPA saying it's not metrics first, it's not KPIs first, it's people and teamwork and trust first, then numbers second. Is that right? Yeah. That is, that's how I uh, really try to, to emphasize it because the numbers reflect the health of the underlying system. And right. if that system is healthy, um, then you can start pushing it to do more and beyond what uh, you think is, is capable. And, and that's one thing that's for the early part of my career, I chased numbers and, you, you know, you try to uh, alligate or wrestle it and try to make the numbers work. But um, I was forgetting about the people that were in the system. So you're right. It's about the people in the system first. That's awesome. Thank you for that learning from your history. So is there another leadership tool or management tool or practice that you guys live by that you can recommend to the listeners? Um, you know, it, one thing that uh, we do is annually we do an employee uh, engagement survey and, and the, the survey is helpful in its own way, but um, more what's helpful in that is it, it's a way that uh, allows our employees to share their thoughts and how they um, are always seeking us as leaders to communicate more. And And that's been a good reminder as we really try to make sure we communicate and almost over communicate if, if that's possible um, and making sure we have a framework in place where we're sharing information through our leadership forums through our quarterly conversations through you know what dean used to have was fireside chats where we talk to the the company about what's happening in the organization today we call it a connections meeting where we make sure our employees see and hear what's going on and and it's that constant communication and engaging our people that plays such a critical role in, a, in, in our successes. Sometimes in uh, the busy lives that we lead, we get into the work and we jump into our, our emails and we try to get things done and our checklists that we've got to work on. And 
like grab right. a quick lunch and we're rushing off to the, the next thing, but we got to make sure we're slowing down to really share uh, the, the journey uh, because it is about, you know, how we do this together um, because, you know, if you want to go fast, uh, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And that's a, a big part of our culture and who we are. Great. That's uh, those are words to live by for sure. Think about the things we've covered uh, in our conversation, and and I want you to bring it to a point where you think of sort of like the number one piece of advice that you could give to other folks out there that are building a business or driving a mature business or even thinking about starting a business. What what's the if you had to advise somebody, you know, who's got that company and wants to get it to the next level, what's the number one thing you'd tell them to focus on? Um, you know, that number one for me, uh, uh, I, it's about the team, uh, making sure you have people yeah. who really believe in what you're doing, uh, are passionate for it, um, are willing to, you know, um, be humble to focus on the success of the team. And, 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 and that is such a critical outcome to that, that growth. And sometimes we do have a tendency to just hire people to fill roles really how that fits in holistically you know each of us have our strengths and weaknesses and, and it's when we um, look at that you know the whole of how each of our skills work together um, you know that one plus one equals three uh, methodology and that's something that is so important for startups and how we uh, work with each other and how we partner with a two-person firm that grows to three to five to ten to fifty it's that connection of how we making sure all of those skills and abilities are taking that 50 and turning it into the power of a hundred is, is such a critical mm-hmm. part to when you're growing a business. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great advice. So tell folks um, how they can learn more about McKinstry. McKinstry, uh, you know, there's a, a few different things, uh, certainly our, our website, but, um, you know, you're, you're always welcome to uh, come down. Uh, Doug, you and I were talking about uh, one thing that we really try to do is be very engaged in our community. And we have innovation centers uh, at our different locations where we work with community or organizations. There's ways for us to connect through tours, but um, but McKinstry.com uh, is probably the best and simplest way to learn about who we are and what's going on at McKinstry. Great. And if they want to connect with you, they can find you on LinkedIn, right? You betcha. I'm on LinkedIn. Right. Perfect. Well, look, Joseph, uh, incredible insights today from a approaching a billion-dollar company. We can All of us can learn from that. Thank you very much for sharing that. And... Uh, Folks, do check out McKinstry, and they're in 40 different places, so there's somebody near you. So, uh, Joseph, thanks. Awesome time today. Appreciate your, your uh, insights. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate the conversation. I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to, to share what's uh, going on here at McKinstry. Thank you. The Go for Growth podcast is sponsored by Resources for CEOs. We help overworked business owners take back control of their time, build a team-driven company, and multiply profits. Get your free copy of How to Get What You Want from Your Business at resourcesforceos.com slash guide.